Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. Let's try to knock this intro out in less than four freaking minutes. I'm Jackie Cation, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. Those are the websites. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg sang and composed the song you just heard. He'll sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Sarah Cohen sings with him. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Vilmos does my website, JackieCation.com. There are many ways to support the show. Basic one, PayPal button. You click on it, you send me some money. Good for you. There's also, you can Venmo me at Jackie at JackieCation.com. You can use the Amazon banner. There's a link on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com that sends you to Amazon. You just order like normal. Doesn't cost you extra. It's just a way to support the show. Another way is to get merch. JackieCation.com has a merch page. A lot of Dork Forest stuff, a lot of stand-up comedy stuff. Also on the website, Stand-Up Comedy Calendar tells you where I'm going to be. This week, I'm going to be in Glendale, Arizona at a new club called Stir Crazy. Kind of psyched about that. And uh, if you're in Arizona, the Phoenix area, Glendale, is by Phoenix. So that's something. There's premium episodes. This is a live episode done on the Joko cruise in the middle of the ocean. Usually would be a premium episode because it's live, but it didn't cost me anything to put up. So I'm not going to charge you guys. The premium episodes are at thedorkforest.bandcamp.com, and they cost two bucks a pop. So this one is free, and it's a live episode on the Joko Cruise. The YouTube page is hopping. There's a YouTube page that has essentially the teaser clips and the full episodes now. And if you can't get iTunes or whatever at work, you can listen to the show in the background on YouTube. Let's get into the show. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Joko Cruise. We are on the Joko 2018 Cruise. We have, uh, this isn't bad. This isn't bad numbers, you guys. I can get 22 people in any country in the world right. to come and see a live dork for us. This has got to be at least 60. And we are on a floating ship. So it's all working out. Uh, here we are. Uh, uh, my guest, Open Mike Eagle, ladies and gentlemen. Please clap. Good day. Brick Body Kids Fellow Still Travelers. Daydream is the name of your current album. Is that correct? That is true. That is the thing that I named it. Uh, that is what you named it. That so is. that is, uh, and, and you could find you on the Twitter at, at Mike underscore Eagle. Yes. There we go. So all when facts. we get back on land and you guys can all have reception uh, again, speaking of which, uh, guess what's not going to go off? My phone. My phone will not go off during the middle of this podcast. Because we're at sea. So, uh, so okay, and you also have a podcast about uh, called Tights and Fights. Tights and Fights. All right. There we go. Got two listeners. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. We're building slowly. No, of uh, course. And, it's only and been it, two years. It's, it's with Hal Lublin and Danielle Radford, mm-hmm. who have both been on the Dork Forest. So there's a lot of crossovers. We're going to make a box set when this is over. Of the three hours of uh, speaking with people. Now, I like the idea that you've taken the mic out. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, I learned that last panel. I'm not going to sit like this the whole time. It's weird. Right, it's weird. Yeah. It's a posture issue. Mm-hmm. I don't want any part of it. Um, so, your dorkdom might be one of them for sure. One of them. Wrestling. Oh, my God. I don't know anything about wrestling. I grew up uh, next to the Crusher. That's what really? I know. Yes, he's from my hometown. 
Was that Milwaukee? That is uh, South Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They're going to build a statue to him. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. That's amazing, though. Yeah, they've already raised $9,000. He was a huge star in the business in, what, like the 50s, 60s? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He He was huge. He was like, he was like, Stone Cold Steve Austin of like 1958 or something like that. He was no Baron Von Raschke with his claw. No, yeah. My yeah. grandmother used to watch wrestling. That's the only wrestling. She was offended that it was not real. I once said, it's not real. And Why did you said, tell her that? Well, because I was a child and thus, by definition, an asshole. I see. I see. I, didn't, I had not yet been socialized to know that I was supposed to keep it together. How did she respond to being told that it wasn't real? She said, you don't know. <laughs> child. <laughs> uh, my other grandmother uh, was also kept saying things like Liberace, who was also from Milwaukee, just couldn't find the right girl. Okay. So people want to believe in things. They really, they really do. They do. <laughs> I know I do. Now, the reality of, of wrestling is that it is, a, is an athletic sport. We know that to be true. Uh, it's athletic. I don't know if you want to call it a sport. But okay. it is athletic. It's okay. sports entertainment, okay. technically, is what it's called. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, there is wrestling at like a college level. That ain't wrestling. That's not wrestling. I don't know what that is. What is that? I don't know. Like, <laughs> that seems to be dating. That's weight cutting or something. Okay, all right. It's not, <laughs> weight cutting. It's what not. is that? That no, sounds like a to, real they, you thing. Know, they have to like drink water for two weeks or something. I don't know. They got to like all be 108 oh, pounds right, or something right. like that. And it's really unhealthy. <laughs> Right, it does seem they're lean. Yeah, they're very lean. Okay, now, um, but The Rock, that guy's a monster. That he guy, is. that guy's a, a brick house. Uh, not he to ain't be. cut no weights. He is drinking whatever he wants. Boost. Yeah, he might be doing. He might be doing insurers. Probably drinking sure. muscle milk. Muscle milk. Oh yeah, that's now available. Yeah. So who? Now I asked you to pick a couple of your favorite wrestlers. Mm. Did you go? Did you go current? Did you go all time? Did you go? What'd you do? Where'd you um, go with these? Okay, I need to go all time, probably at least for one of them. So, okay, uh, Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite wrestlers of is all time. Is it spelled S E A N? No, that's the porn star. Okay, that's Sha- a, that's a different that's a different <laughs> sports entertainment. It's not the one. That is that also not about. a professional sport. Yeah, even though people are paid. People believe in it, though. People believe. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sean <laughs> Michaels, S H A W N. Yes, all right. S H A W N. His real name is Michael Higginbottom. Oh, I'm glad he changed it for yeah. the. I think he's, the world would have been a very different place if he tried to be a professional wrestler named Michael Higginbottom. His locker room experience would have definitely been a very d- different place. He had a pretty interesting one either way. Really? Oh, yeah. When did he wrestle? Sean uh, Michaels. Man, he started in the late 80s and uh, a tag team called the Midnight Rockers, him and this guy named Marty Jannetty, uh, in the AWA, which was a northern-based uh, okay. wrestling association. Um, he became popular in the 90s in the WWF when they just changed the name of the tag team to the Rockers. Oh. And they were pushed very hard, which is the term uh, when, when the company believes in guys so much that they you know, give them feature bouts, end up giving them the title. Uh, oh, right. So they were pushed real hard. Uh, and then his, his seminal moment, his star-making moment came when he turned heel uh, Is that be- becoming a bad guy? Becoming a bad guy, exactly. And the reason That's the, some language skills. Okay. The the way that he became a heel is iconic because okay, he had this partner, Marty Janetti, who he'd been tagging with for probably ten plus years. Uh, they had a segment 
uh, on this backstage interview program called The Barber Shop that Brutus the Barber Beefcake hosted. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> um, Shawn Michaels apparently was angry at Marty, and he didn't tell Marty before they walked on that set. And uh, he expressed his anger by kicking Marty in the face and then throwing him through the glass of the barbershop window. And this was unscripted? This was very scripted. Oh, very. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this was, I was like... Uh, I'm sorry if I'm telling it too well. <laughs> no, no. You literally had me going, what? Yeah. It was like, there was a falling out. Now, mind you, this was, this was in uh, probably 1993 or 94 when um, belief in wrestling as a legitimate sporting uh, competition was like an all-time high. So... Um, it certainly appeared that he legitimately threw his friend through a window. Yeah. And uh, as a child, all of us were enraptured and like, this is the biggest asshole ever. Right. Yeah. So, the, so it, it, in the fiction, in the storytelling of this, um, they had had a falling out, but he did not know what it was. Right. And uh, so Shawn Michaels and... Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty. Uh, Paul Giamatti. He will be constantly referred <laughs> That's to. That's who will be playing him in will the, 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 the bio played by Paul Giamatti. And uh, they, um, had been, they had been the rockers They've for like 10 years. Yes. So they go on to a talk show. Yes. And on this talk show, a fight breaks out. Right. Because it's a wrestling talk show. Yes, it is. Why shouldn't a fight break out in a wrestling Every show? time it breaks out and we're still surprised. <laughs> I I was just surprised. Uh, I should not have been surprised because yes, every freaking time it should definitely okay. And then so he becomes a heel. Mm-hmm. He becomes what a happens heel. to Paul Giamatti? Uh, Marty Janetti. Marty Janetti. Uh, they go on to have a few that last maybe a year, and then Marty Janetti, because of real life personal issues, ends up getting like fired from the company. Oh, okay. And so uh, Shawn Michaels, because he, the reason I chose him uh, as one of my best uh, favorite performers is because, like, in the ring, in terms of ability uh, to do all the moves and do all of the emotion it takes to draw people into a match, he's considered like the Michael Jordan. Oh, he's a hell of a showman. He's the best. He's called the showstopper, the show stealer. Oh, wow. Yeah, Mr. WrestleMania. He's got a lot of nicknames. Now, here's a very basic question. How old is Shawn Michaels in 1988? 88? I would imagine probably in his mid-20s. Mid-20s in the late 80s? Yeah, I would believe so, yeah. Okay, so he's maybe at his physical peak. Um, I would say no, because... The late 80s and early 90s specifically were uh, a time for big-time steroid use in the WWF. Oh, okay. So he was very, like, muscular at that time in a way that was almost hindering his mobility. Oh, wow. So as he shed weight later on, mm-hmm. uh, that's when he kind of reached his peak physical performance. That plus uh, years of perfecting the craft. Right, and, and clearly some sit-ups or yeah, something. At least, at least five. A day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say every day mm-hmm. that guy did a sit-up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, what were his signature, what were, as a team, what were their moves? They had the rocker dropper. Rocker dropper. Uh, which I believe was a combination, uh, like both guys would go to the top rope. Um, top rope. Is yes. that legal? Uh, in the WWF, it was. Some places, it wasn't. Okay. Top rope, WWF was legal. Um, and one, at the same time, they, w- they would bleep onto one opponent, opponent, and I think one was doing a body splash, and the other one was doing a leg drop. 
Oh my I god! That was Under Walker the Drop. same opponent. Onto the same prone body. Who knew it was going to happen? Who knew in advance? Sitting there <laughs> waiting <laughs> for it. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, so I just lie here." Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So and um, trust these alcoholics and leap onto him. Okay, and then then he goes solo. He does because go he's solo. a heel. Mm-hmm. And uh, does his persona change noticeably? Does his yes. costume okay, change? Okay, so the rockers were like 1980s rock. They looked like, um, oh. like Poison, like members of Poison. They had like mullets yeah. and uh, like tassels on their jackets nice. and stuff. And they used tassels. to run to the ring. Um, and they were, you know, they were fan favorites. So they were like nice guys. Yeah. Uh, after he threw his partner through the window, however, he was no longer a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he started coming out to music. Uh, called uh, Sexy Boy was the name of his new theme song. Interesting, interesting. Um, <laughs> and he started wearing like leather chaps and like oh, sunglasses. St- and he had this vest that was held together by a series of chains. <laughs> and um, he started to play a character that was uh, very much like a stripper. <laughs> Like a Chippendales kind of like guy? A, like a Chippendales kind of guy. All right. That is a bad person. I mean... No. Morally, he was bad. Right. And, you know, he just... That was his but way of But fashion-wise, he was killing it, oh, is what God, you were telling me. amazing. So, right. He let his chest hair grow out, too. Oh, that, interesting. That helped, that helped add to it. They, do, they usually do a lot of waxing, but he let his chest hair grow out. As Did he have ba- a lot as of bad chest guys hair? do. Well, yeah, but significant right. chest hair. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Good All right. So who wrote Sexy Boy? Any idea? Offhand? I don't know who wrote it. I imagine it's WWF's former music creator, this guy named Jim Johnston, who used to write all the songs. Okay. I imagine it was him. But um, originally he had a valet. Oh, did he? Yes. A manservant, of, uh, per se. Well, it was a, a woman who oh. accompanied him to the ring mm-hmm. and also used to like help him cheat to win matches because that's something heels do. Heels have to cheat to win matches. Oh. That's how you know they're bad. Because the good guys follow the rules. Now, bad guys have their valet hit the good guy with a shoe. Oh, <laughs> just sort of a side, yeah. like a boomerang shoe coming yeah. around the. It's like a with, loaded boot. Right. <laughs> so ref turns around. Yes. Clearly in the script. Uh, do you know anything about? And I don't mean to to to, to blow the blow the cover. Let's blow the cover. Let's on blow it. the cover. Um, are there rehearsals? Uh, okay, so typically these guys have an arena for a day, uh, and they have it rented out all day. And so um, after the ring is set up in the afternoon, typically, um, there's ring time to be had. There should be a walkthrough at least, well, right? Well, there's a walkthrough of, like, new spots, which are things that haven't really been done before or tried. Like if somebody's going to suplex somebody off a ladder through a table and that's not something they could do every night, oh, right. they'll run through that. Oh, that's but, good idea. But for the most part, things, they just, they just figure them out out there. It's an improv kind of situation. Sometimes, so, yeah. So, so the ref knows where he's supposed to turn around, but he's got to sort of read the cues of everyone around him. Right. Are there famous refs? Yes, absolutely. Who's a famous... Um, Oh, what are their names? Uh, the, the Hebner twins. No, oh, they're twins. Dave and Earl Hebner. Dave are twin referees that okay. are both uh, very famous. Um, they did a spot once where um, Earl pretended to be Dave, <laughs> but Earl had had secretly made a deal with the Million Dollar Man 
where he was going to give the million dollar man the title no matter what happened. Okay. But, uh, but uh, their twindom was exposed after the match when suddenly there were two Dave Hebners in the ring. And uh, as, as children, again, we were right. like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Oh my God, a mind was blown. Yeah. Um, because previously we did not know. We did not know. They had always just either sort of like twins on, on sitcoms. Well, you know what? Actually, what happened was that uh, Dave worked in the WWF and Earl worked uh, in another company okay. called the National Wrestling Alliance. And it, typically, you didn't watch both at that time. And so, no, you had your favorites. We did not know there were tw- that he had a brother that looked exactly like him. Wow. That is, uh, first of all, this is some this is some next level oh my God. plotting and planning and serious consideration of like it's soap opera but it's it's more like improv-y soap opera. Yeah, it's mind fuckery, I think is the technical <laughs> term for it. It might be the technical term. Yeah. I think oh that's awesome. So Okay, so Shawn Michaels is now a heel. He's a heel. Now see he's got a cheat to win. With his valet, uh, sensational Sherry. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad she was appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else appreciated her. She appreciated herself. Exactly. Now, I brought her up because she originally sang his theme song. Oh. He's just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. He's not your boy toy. Boy toy. He's just a sexy boy. Now. Oh, my God. I think I'm in love with Sensational Sherry. It's great. It's a great song. You got to be in love with her and Jim Johnston and everybody else who's okay. involved. Um, now, originally she sang the theme, uh, and then she left the company, and uh, they re-recorded this, the theme with him singing it. So suddenly it's, I'm just a sexy boy, sexy boy. Oh I'm not your boy toy, boy toy. And you would think that that would. Somehow be controversial. Yeah. Worked for 20 years. Why don't I watch more wrestling? I don't don't know. If I had Wi-Fi, I'd be watching it right now. As we speak. Oh, my gosh. All right. So now, so the 90s, 20 years. So 92, 2002, 2012. Math. It's happening (laughs) in front of you. Um, So 20 years, he's a heel. Uh, well, no, not necessarily. Twenty uh, for about ten years, he's a heel. Okay. Uh, then he starts this heel faction um, called Degeneration X. Nice. Yeah. Degeneration. Uh, now, Degeneration X. Uh, this was, I want to say, ninety-seven, uh, and there's a force moving through the wrestling business where suddenly it's not, um, it's not exciting to be what they call a white meat baby face. And a white meat baby face is like, Captain America, I'm the good guy, I'm here to save the day. Uh, I'm a stiff, stuffed shirt right. type person. And what started to happen like in culture uh, overall, but specifically in wrestling, is that good guys had to have an edge. They had to uh, kind of appeal to younger fans. It kind of be more, had to be more rebellious. I think of it as the shining wire in Watership Down. Anyway, um, it's a weird reference. Uh, if we had the internet, we could all know. Uh, later. It's, uh, it's, it's essentially, it's a dystopian, it's a, it's a more cynical view, version right, exactly. of, 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 of what good guys are. An anti-hero. Right, but also more nuanced. Right. So what we'd like is, is less cynicism, but also less uh, cookie cutter. Right. So uh, interesting. So, who, so he's, 
he starts his faction, and they're initially heels. This is this is kind of him doubling down on healdom because he's just fucking with everybody <laughs> left and right, um, and and really pushing the line in terms of like language and vulgarity and kind of stuff too, which mm. initially made him more of a heel in that era because you kind of needed to push the envelope. But people really started liking it, um, and so this group ended up turning babyface and him with it. Babyface is an actual character name? Babyface is uh, a, a character designation. So okay. So good guys are babyfaces, bad guys are heels. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. All right. All right. What is The Rock? Is he, was he a babyface? Uh, the Rock, when he first started, his name was Rocky Mayavia, which celebrated his heritage because his grandfather was a wrestler named High Chief Peter Mayavia, and his dad was a wrestler named Rocky Johnson. Okay. So they put the names together. Oh, Nice. Rocky Maivia, and he was very, uh, he wore like this weird cultural Samoan garb and had these weird little braids, and he was pushed as a super white meat baby face, okay. and the crowd shit all over him. Oh. Uh, he would come out, uh, you know, and, and being put in the best positions to try to vanquish bad guys, and the crowd would chant, die, Rocky, die. What? Yes. And Legitimately, that- people wanted him to die. And that was not scripted. No. I mean, you can't script crowd reaction. Okay. So that was an organic thing that was taking place. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He was rejected. Yes. And so then they took the cue and turned him heel. And that's when he became The Rock. And he became the leader of a faction called uh, The Nation of Domination when they put all the brown people together and made them act like the Black Panthers. <laughs> In a wrestling vibe. With a complete wrestling vibe. They would would all stand and face the hard camera and raise their fists and they would beat up white people. It was glorious time uh, in wrestling. But he was a bad guy as a part of that. And then when he was put in a position to talk shit to Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. his personality got over. And that's when people really got behind him as a character. Right. And he became a good guy. Right, because yeah. here's the thing about The Rock. He fixes almost every movie he's in. Yeah, he fixes franchise. He's a franchise fixer. There's, uh, there's some seriously terrible movies that I have sat through at least 15 minutes of him. Yeah, yeah. I, I've stopped doing that. But yeah, it's I, a row. It's a row to hoe. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, okay, so th- currently, Shawn Michaels still working? No, he retired, I want to say, six or seven years ago, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, he had a retirement match in the classic wrestling angle where you know um, if you lose this match, it's, it's, this is your career. Oh, okay. Oh, right. They raised the stakes. Exactly. They're like, this. I'm going to want the pink slip to your career on Basically. the table. Yes. Okay. So, um, and it was a match with the Undertaker, and um, he lost the match. He sounds like a heel. The Undertaker. The Undertaker has also been a babyface and a heel. He's a very old character, so he's okay. definitely been on both sides of the line. Interesting. Yeah. Cheerful Undertaker. No, no, not cheerful. But sometimes <laughs> cheerful. beloved, but oh, never cheerful. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. And, and sometimes a rule follower. Yes. Because the Undertaker, uh, if he's a baby face, he's following the rules. Right. What are the rules? Uh, are there rules? There, there's tons of rules. Um, <laughs> and if you're a baby face, it doesn't, like, the, the classic definition of a baby face is that you follow the rules. But as lines, you know, started to blur and sure. antihero started to appear it wasn't that you necessarily had to follow the rules it's just that you never really needed to ha- you you couldn't have the advantage on your side really oh you so still like, had to be the underdog to basically okay. so you know stone cold steve austin's probably the biggest example of an anti-hero in wrestling history probably one of the biggest 
uh, drawing characters, meaning more people spent money to watch him or came to see him perform than anybody else in history, just about. Um, and he was an asshole. He was a fucking asshole. For, yeah. Like, his character was... His character was a piece of trash. Okay. But, you know, he got popular because at the time, I mean, he, he just reflected the attitude of the day. Okay. Um, and so when they positioned him against the owner of the company, who was an even bigger asshole, and suddenly he's the good guy. <laughs> And the owner okay. of the company can send out wave after wave of wrestler to try to beat him up. Yeah. Then suddenly you're on his side. Right, right, because he is indeed the underdog. Exactly. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin, if I remember the name of the $6 million man? Okay. Yes. So he was a Stone Cold version of that. He was a Stone Cold version of Steve Austin. Of Steve Austin, yeah. the $6 million man, which uh, not hard to do. Not hard to do. Uh, that is a low bar of coldness. <laughs> uh, so... What, okay, I know that he's not one of your favorites, but I have to ask about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, no, he's great. He's fantastic. Sure, yeah, he's, sure. He's I mean, and everybody was on board. Also from the 90s? Yes. Uh, reached his height of popularity probably in like 98. Okay. Yeah. And, um, wow. Okay. I'm, uh, my, too many questions. No, it's a lot. There's a lot no, happening. I get lot, it. Uh, Moving parts. So much. So many. Okay. Uh, Let's let's go with so he lost to the un- Shawn Michaels. Let's get back to him. He, yeah, lost he lost the- his retirement match to the Undertaker. What what was that fight like? What- it was epic because you as a fan you're <laughs> hanging off of every move. Because did you do you know going in that he's going to lose? You he's know going in that there's old? a strong chance yeah. that he could, but they were both fifty. Oh really? Yeah. So there's there was no like that wasn't really. Were the they issue. both planning to retire? Mm, I don't. I don't think that was the case. The Undertaker's still wrestling. He still hasn't retired yet. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I suppose he's kind of timeless. He just got a hip replacement. (laughs) Oh, did he? Yes. And he's (laughs) he's not hung up the boots yet. The fact that you know that he got a hip replacement? Yeah, no, I follow Um, follow way too closely. (laughs) You get hip checked. Yeah, I read the whole whole internet on wrestling. Every day, except when I'm on this boat, because I can't. Right, sadly. Yeah. This boat will not. It's a, it's a permanent internet. Yep, something could anyway. be happening. It's going to be breaking news right now. I won't know till next week. Uh, it's probably horrible. Yeah. Okay, so, um, the, uh, um, so here's, the, here's the real question. Uh, now, I've, I've digressed to The Undertaker. Tell me more about what do you know about The Undertaker's career? Uh, he started as a, as a wrestler in the NWA slash WCW, which is a whole nother story. Uh, he started as a character named Mean Mark Callis. His name is Mark Calloway. Yes. And they called him Mark Callis because they're very creative. Yes. Um, a- and he was just a big guy with leather gloves who used to punch people in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his finishing move was called the heart punch. The heart punch? The heart punch. Oh, heart punch. To punch you in the heart. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was his. With his gloves. With his gloves. Well, good for him. Yeah, and then uh, at the in WCW at the time, um, this was a big company, but they didn't they didn't do character development very well, and so a lot of guys like Steve Austin had been in WCW uh, as stunning Steve Austin, who was kind of just a guy. Like he was he was obviously talented, but they didn't create a character by which he could like get over with the fans. Okay. And so the same situation happened with The Undertaker. He was mean Mark Callis, and then he left and was brought into the WWF as The Undertaker. And suddenly, there's a character, there's pageantry. Um, a scythe? Not a scythe. Uh, he did walk with a... They've, dropped, they've left money on the table there. I'll tell you what they did do. <laughs> what did they do? He had a manager named Paul Bearer. 
who, who well, okay, they didn't leave money on the table then. They <laughs> used to accompany them to the ring with an urn that he used to hit people in the head with so the Undertaker could cheat and win. Yes, just ashes yes. all over the ring. The one time they took the lid off of the urn, <laughs> there was like a weird spotlight in it. And oh. just the light shot out, and he's just waving it around. like He goes, oh, oh what is this? Like oh. it was the Ark of the Covenant? Yes. Oh, my God. It was incredible. Yes. Oh, my <sighs> God. It was amazing. You got to watch this wrestling. Stuff. You just turn it on and watch for two weeks in a row, and you got it all. No, no. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean like, as, a, as get, an actual Yeah, as performer. a writer. Oh, as a writer? Uh, yeah, as a writer. See, this is the thing. Um, everybody thinks they want that job. Like, I used to think I wanted that job. Yeah. But then you find out about people who have that job, and it's like the worst job ever. Is it? Yeah, because there's no off-season. Oh, right. It's 52 weeks a year. They do, uh, the WWE right now does, like, six hours of original television every week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And the the guy who, like, the owner of it, Vince McMahon, he's also, like, the head writer, and he's 77 and out of his fucking mind. <laughs> and, that resonated. Yeah. <laughs> and so literally, like, they'll have storylines going, and then he'll show up at the creative meeting on Sunday for their Monday live show and just make them rewrite everything. Oh. It's really punishing. For, for the writers, they fucking hate it. Right. And there's been a lot of, like, you know, people who've... Just reveals, like... Because I'm sure you could follow these people on their own blogs and stuff... And and they do you think they're encouraged? Like does Vince McMahon? He sounds like a micromanager guy. Yes. And so, does he want to hear their bullshit? The like the writers? Yeah. Uh, like the bullshit in what sense? And, what uh, like like if if they feel pressure or they feel like they're not appreciated. Oh, he could give a fuck. Yeah. He did. He That's could what give I would think. Yeah, and and so if, if they're whining about it on their Tumblr blog. Does, do they, is there backlash have we heard? Well, you can't do that because the, the, the IWC, the yeah. Internet Wrestling Community, <laughs> they'll find yes. out about this and put it on blast quickly and you will be swiftly fired. So, okay, so they will shut that down. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and, and I, I can't imagine, like, I mean, it's the best job, right? To make up the name Paul Bearer. This right. is my This is my dude, Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. And, uh, um, I'm an undertaker. This is... But this has got to be a $15 an hour job, though. <laughs> I would think they get paid more than that, but I, I would, have no idea. Because there's so much money in this gig, right? Uh, there's, there's, yeah. I mean, the WWE I mean, generates Vince billions. McMahon, it generates billions annually. Yeah. Right. He's not living check to check. This no. is all working out for him. I mean, they got licensing deals and toys and video games. and Right. I've seen entire rows of Toys R Us that are dedicated to this, to this program. Mm-hmm. Um, and is there... And I've had other wrestling episodes of the Dork Forest. My mind is a sieve, you guys. So um, I will be asking the same questions. There are, um, there's, is there just one now? Are they all one? And then there's sort of like an one A-ball company? kind of is thing? That what yeah. You mean? yeah, there's one main company, um, CWWE. There's a lot of small independent companies, but they kind of exist in territories. You're, there's small local regional kind of stuff right. I mean, and, to come and up in? A little less regional these days because of the internet. So sure. they can put on shows everywhere. They're just smaller shows. And there's there's wrestlers who primarily work the independent market. And But this is the first time ever where, as a wrestler, you can make more money on the independent market than you can on in the WWE. But you have to be that good. 
Okay. And what defines that good? Is it the charisma? Is it the athleticism? It's drawing power, plain and simple. Okay, so if you could fill the room, however you do it, whatever that skill set is. Whatever thing it is, yeah. Okay. All right, so do you feel like we've addressed Shawn Michaels' career? I think we've touched on quite a bit. Anything else, we would would get into, like, very salacious backstage stuff, which, you know. Pretty great? I mean, yeah, but it's all hearsay, so who knows? Oh, well, heaven forfend uh, that we get into hearsay. What, uh, pick another guy or another, are there oh, women? Yes, there's, there's women. tons of, there's tons of. Uh, Do they fight men? Is it co-ed? Well, in some organizations, there's intergender wrestling. In a WWE, there typically hasn't been. Okay. There's a, um, there's a wrestling pr- promotion on television now called Lucha Underground. The Mexican... Yes. Okay. But this is a, like a, a newer kind of stylized version of, of classic Mexican wrestling. So okay. there's a lot of masks and, uh, and, and characters and lore and all that. But they do, they do straight up intergender wrestling. Like, okay. Because like, I know Dana Gould, uh, comedians, uh, Blanca Patch, and Ron Funches mm-hmm. are all into the luche kind of situation is okay. that is there several different versions of that as well yes uh, okay. there's there's a big company there's two big companies in mexico where lucha uh kind of exists that's cmll and triple a those are the big wrestling uh, okay. the wwe's of yep. mexico right but lucha underground is like a new it's it's, called, it's like kind of an americanized version okay but it's pretty progressive okay as well fascinating mm-hmm. anyway uh <laughs> let's go on to another uh, another favorite um we talked about The Rock. Um, oh, because The Rock's one of your faves? The Rock is one of my faves. Uh, like, all time, he's definitely one of my favorites as well. Why is that? Uh, he's very handsome. That's he's, why he's one of my favorites. Well, I mean... And super charming. That didn't hurt him with me, either. No. I mean, you know, he's, no, he's, he's, a, he's a strapping gentleman. <laughs> sure. Um, but his, he's, he's just got, the, like, the ultimate charisma, and that's just so important. In wrestling, you can have all of these other skill sets, and many guys have. Many guys have had the technical ability and 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 the the body and the look and all it. But if you don't have the charisma, you can't really like be a star in it. Right. And he's a guy that really put it all together. Probably one of the last guys that really put it all together. Okay. And when did he? I don't even know when he stopped wrestling and started. Does he still wrestle? He will occasionally come back for a WrestleMania match. I think the last time he did was two years ago. Okay. Three, two or three years ago, he came back Cause, for Because so, he loves the sport. Like, he loves the... the I mean, it's, it's part of his, his family history. Because mm-hmm. um, of his and, dad and his granddad. Exactly. And uh, I think his mom was in it. And he's part of a big... There's a big Samoan wrestling family, like, where just about every Samoan wrestler who's ever been popular is part of the same family. Uh, so, so like, they're all cousins. They're related. Pretty much, yeah. Jim, Jimmy fi- Snuka, Superfly, is part of their their family. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is. Um, I mean, these guys, the the Wild Samoans. Um, there's a new guy, Roman Reigns, who's probably one of the biggest guys now. Who's okay. part of that family? How do you spell Reigns? R e i g n s. Okay. In the, in the monarchy sense. Right, right. Yeah. And Roman. Roman. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, do you hear that, Boo? There's a there's an anti-monarchist in the audience, or uh... I think I think it's anti-monarchist and anti-Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, what what is Roman Reigns? Just as we sure, digress, sure. What's, what's his uh, character? Uh, uh, I've tried to describe his character, <laughs> and, and he to me the closest thing I can come up with is he looks like somebody who just did cocaine. That's his whole character. Oh, it's like all you know, 
Yeah. It looks like somebody who just did a couple lines and he's coming out there to kick your ass. Like, Excellent. Like a puffed out chest yeah. and just crazy. He does a lot of like, like he does this move called the Superman punch. This is his finisher. Oh. And he like cocks his fist before he does it. It's very like douchey. Thing? It's so douchey. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like a douchebag, but he's a good guy because... Oh, he's a baby face? Yeah. Interesting. But a lot of the fans, like as we just heard, a lot of the right. fans reject him. Right. I mean, and they're, they're going to have to take that into account, aren't they? And they, and they yeah, classically, they would. They would follow the same path they did with Rocky Maivia and turn him heel at that point. Mm-hmm. But they, they have refused to turn Roman Reigns heel. And how long has he been in, in the game? Um, probably like six years. Okay. Maybe so seven. maybe they're giving him a... a it's two. A, they're waiting too long. Oh, they're waiting too long. Waiting the too window might have closed. Yeah, well, it's opened and closed a few times. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's going in a circle, yeah. and it'll open again. <laughs> so, and they'll shove him out with his with a with a new mask and a, and a, possibly a vest. Well, yeah, he just needs to talk shit to the audience. That's all he needs to do. All right. Wow. He needs to say, "Hey, people, I hate you," and then you back. all will be solved. Yes. <laughs> um, so. Oh, here's a question. Are there any wrestlers who have, like, their whole families come into the ring? Their whole family comes into the ring. I don't think so. Oh, I want that. I don't know why. <laughs> like grandma I, and, Well, and, no, I, I want, like, a wife and kids. And then, oh, there's... there's and, and, and then the bad guy, like, threatens the children. Oh, that's and, happened. Oh, that's happened. Oh, people's kids get beat up all the time. <laughs> all the time. That yes. happens. Like, that's on the regular. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yes. Then Ray, Ray Mysterio. Like... Wait a minute. Ray Mysterio got... Oh, what happened with Ray Mysterio? Ray Mysterio. Is, um, he had his kid out there. And this, this um, bad guy wrestler who's since passed on, but he was one of the greatest ever, too, named Eddie Guerrero. Okay. Uh, oh. He came out and told, his, and told Ray Mysterio's kid, I'm your real dad. <laughs> It was fucking incredible. Wow. That had to be a moment in television oh, history. Amazing. That is amazing. Oh, my this God. This isn't going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be a war. Yes. Uh, that's what I understand from the 70s, is that it wasn't a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. It was a war. It was a fight. Um, yeah. And uh, do you ever, uh, the only other wrestlers I know, of course, would be Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. Jumpin' Jim Brunzel is an AWA guy. the High guy. Flyers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was part of the. Um, he was part of the Killer Bees. Was he also part of the Killer Bees? Mm-hmm. B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Did he jump well into his 60s? I, I think he's still jumping right now. Somewhere. <laughs> that guy, he's somewhere jumping. Somewhere jumping. Knowing that it will, it will matter. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so The Rock, you j- I mean, he's just, he's. What else about the, is, uh, does has the Rock ever been a heel? Yes, the Rock was a heel. Wait, um, it was he was, he was heel first. Yes, but he also became a heel again uh, once he started to do movies. Okay, and so he wasn't around as much anymore. He became more useful as a heel, so he leaned into his kind of Hollywood persona, and I'm better than this, and I got other things to go do, <laughs> and that helped him put over younger talents. Oh, yeah. Which makes me like The Rock even more. It's great. Right, because he's helping, he's helping the next generation. I'll tell you one thing, though. There is one person in the history of wrestling who The Rock refused to work with. Dun, dun, dun. Shawn Michaels. And we look back, mm-hmm. and it all comes full circle. Yeah. Why is that? Do we uh, know why? 
was my, that my real original was that this is real this is oh, real. my real. original understanding of it was something that happened when Shawn Michaels was wrestling for uh, for the Rock's grandmother's promotion which I think was based in the Bay Area um, that there was something he did there that was disrespectful and that carried on but but one thing that happened for sure is that when The Rock was Rocky Maivia and he was brought in and he was being pushed um, Shawn Michaels and this was at the height of his kind of like backstage throws weight around brattiness mm-hmm. uh, when he was starting D-Generation X they, um, they played politics against The Rock a lot and would refuse to do the job for him which means they wouldn't want to lose to him and so, Oh, so they, they weren't following, they, they didn't want to do that script Right, and, and, and Shawn Michaels was one of the few people who had enough political uh, power to refuse to do certain things and the people who were in his faction he could protect that way as well Oh, interesting. And yeah. nobody said, your real name's Higginbottom. <laughs> nobody said his real nobody, name's Higginbottom. It's, uh, you don't really have a leg to stand <laughs> on Calm here, down, buddy. Higginbottom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Buddy. Why don't you take it to, keep it together? Uh, wow. Well, uh, all right. So literally, so he, hurt, he, he tried to hurt The Rock's career. Yeah, I mean, because at the time people thought, I mean, nobody could look at what The Rock was doing and assume or ever expect that he would get as big as he got. Right. And that's what happens a lot. I had uh, the same thing about Mike Birbiglia, you guys. <laughs> um, such an asshole. Hi. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't know he's my arch enemy. That's he does now. Funny. No, he doesn't. He doesn't listen to this. Anyway, I love Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> Do you really? I just want his career. Nathan Lane didn't want to sleep with me. Anyway, so out loud again? Really? <laughs> anyway, so um, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Open Mike Eagle, you guys. No, By the way, just going. What is happening? Is no, she throwing great. her career away? Yes. No, that was great. Uh, it's uh, by the way, uh, just to remind everybody, uh, Tights and Fights is on the iTunes and all the things. Right? Yeah, it's on. Uh, it's on your podcast as soon as you get your Wi-Fi back. It's in your phone already. It's already there. Uh, Danielle Radford and Hal Lublin. Uh, uh, do you guys talk about wrestling? We talk about the six plus hours of live things that have happened every week. Every week. Every week. What day does it drop? Uh, Thursdays. We record on Thursdays and it okay. comes out. And it just Wednesdays goes out. comes on Thursday, yeah. So you have to schedule. First of all, you're all already watching six hours of whatever's happening. For free. For free. Mm-hmm. On purpose. Yep. Not a problem. Not even an I issue. I mean, it's a problem sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it's an issue. Right. It might be an issue, but it's not a it's not a chore. Well, it's not a chore. No. It is you know, at TiVo, fast forward. Right, know. right, right, sure. Yeah. And then um and then the three of you for is it an hour long show where you try uh, to keep it, it together? Yeah, we try to keep it an hour, but it usually goes a little bit over. Right, but yeah. not not so Because um okay, and then um and then if uh, you want to follow um Mike Eagle, it's at Mike underscore Eagle on Twitter, just mm-hmm. so you know. <laughs> so um so The Rock, any other good stories about The Rock so, before we move to a third? Stories about The Rock. Oh, boy. Um, mm, I guess I can't think of any like real good ones. I, selling is important in wrestling. Selling is how you register your opponent's offense. So if... Uh, no, if, those are all words that I don't know what okay. that means. So, Sell, so if, you, if, you, if you and I are in a wrestling match, right? Yes. And you yeah, flip the table over. <laughs> flip the table. <laughs> yes. And you, you slap me in the face, right? Yeah. Um, I, as a performer, uh, I can make it seem like 
that was the hardest I've ever been struck in my life. Okay. Or I could act like it had no effect whatsoever. Okay. Now, typically for the effect of generating money, yes. you want to make it seem like that was the most devastating blow I've ever received. Right. So it'd be how you sold exactly. the receiving of that blow. Exactly. Okay. And so um, The Rock and Steve Austin, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, yep. had an amazing rivalry. And, uh, oh, okay. The, uh, Steve Austin's finishing move was called Stone Cold Stunner. And the way that The Rock used to take this move is just legendary. Like, um, he would take it, and then he would, like, basically do backflips and, like, tumble out of the ring, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like, he would just make it look extra absurd. But when asked about this recently, he said that, like, they had, like, a wager, like, between them to see who could take each other's finisher in the most, like, absurd. Oh, manner. right. They, oh, would, that... like, they would, like, bet cases of beer on it, basically. Oh, that is... You know, I love that they're having a good time. They're having a great time. I mean, when you know, when business is going well and, and the guys are in the positions that they feel like they should be in, then, of course, they're having fun. But a lot of guys don't have fun. That is, that is too bad. Yeah. I mean, if you can't have fun at your work, huh? Yeah. Come on. Get, a new, get new work. Um, but the, uh, the, what, is, what was The Rock's finishing move? The Rock Bottom. The Rock Bottom. Yeah. Some yeah. ass slapping? What's happening? No. No. Not on his move. Not on his move. It's, uh, and, then, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin would run out the door. He'd like <laughs> slap, and then he would just bolt. Right. <laughs> like a 20 seconds. <laughs> I would love to see that. He was see, like, I, you hit my bottom so hard that I had to run to the nearest soda shop. I would enjoy your, your wrestling promotion. I would enjoy watching. I'm telling you, this sounds like a fun, it sounds like a hell of a gig to yeah. write the stories. I think we, you should maybe start one of your own. I'd watch. <laughs> Sure. Uh, Dork Forest Wrestling, you guys. Oh, DFW. DFW. I love it. (laughs) Dork, dork, dork. And uh, so uh, what was it? What was his bottom? Uh, What was his bottom? No, his uh, rock bottom, he would uh, grab his opponent kind of like sideways hug. Yeah. Arm under the neck. Yeah. And he would lift them up and sweep their legs out from under them and kind of drive their shoulders into the mat. It's the rock bottom. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. We know historically. Not good. Mm -hmm. Not good, you guys. Uh, The crane, the only way to fight that. He also had the people's elbow, which was a fun move. The people's elbow? The people's elbow. The elbow of the people. (laughs) This guy knows. This guy knows. There it is. That is a very nice move. Uh, Was that it? No. Oh, that was part of it. Yeah. Drop an elbow. It was an okay. elbow with a lot of pageantry. <laughs> yeah. An elbow with pageantry. Mm-hmm. I think that should be a book. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, elbow of the people. I'm just thinking of Mao. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> and when, oh, oh, when he was a heel for a while with Vince McMahon's corporation, he called it the corporate elbow. Oh my. Very nice. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's what you get when, when you cross the corporation. That's right. Is, uh, you get the corporate elbow. That's right. It's, uh, I saw that George Clooney movie. <laughs> uh, so um, now, okay, so we, I th- we, we got Sexy Boy, Shawn Michaels. Sexy Boy, Sexy Boy. <laughs> uh, I will be Googling that song. It's a as great soon, song. Uh, as I can. He's like 50, still comes out to it. Oh, that's Still comes awesome. out. It's, uh, yeah. He's not... 
What's the chorus? I'm not your sexy. I, I'm not your boy toy. Boy toy. <laughs> I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. <laughs> we ought to start a group. We, we, this we, is we, very we, beautiful uh, acapella, you guys. And uh, okay, give me a third. Oh man, um, I, I kind of want to go indie now. Uh, I want to talk about independent wrestlers a little bit. So maybe. Okay. Um, a guy that's really awesome right now is this guy named Kenny Omega. Omega? Really, yeah, he's an incredible Is he performer. a beginner or a no, finisher? Uh, oh, that's... That'll be Kenny Alpha. That's good. That's okay. good. Um, <laughs> What's the name of his manager? <laughs> he doesn't have one, but he's in a group called The Bullet Club, but he's not, he doesn't have a manager. Okay. Like, on the independence, they typically don't have managers. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's more of when you can afford... Or, like, you know... Because when you're a manager, the company's just paying your contract. Okay. When you're, when you're an independent wrestler, you're kind of you're really an independent contractor. Even the WWE guys are independent contractors. So okay. Yeah. So like, everybody's ten ninety nine. Yes. Okay. Interesting. And that's can be this. Uh, there have been a lot of lawsuits to try to correct that because they're really not independent contractors. Right. There should be some sort of unionized. Yeah. And they've been the, trying to start unions. What's the for health years. insurance situation? I mean, the WWE pays for everything. If you're a WWE worker, you like if you wrestled for them for a year in 1994. Yeah. And if you're on heroin right now, they'll pay for your rehab. Like they oh, okay. they pay for everything. Oh, good. That's awesome. I mean, that part is great, but you know, like these guys, a lot of times have to fly themselves around, rent their own uh, cars, like a lot of stuff that really they should be taken care of. Right. But they're not. Okay. Well, fair enough. Are, are there because there's got to be a lot a big team before we get into Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a big team because it's more like a band than like stand up, right? So it's got to have like people to set up the ring. Right. There's a lot of roadies kind of situation. Yes, in a WWE for sure. Um, now on the independents, it is a little bit more like stand up. People travel on their own with their gear and their merch and okay. a bag, and they show up. And the independent company has hired guys to set up a ring. Okay. But these guys work out the match on their own. Right. And, so know. they so they don't have to bring the sound system. Right. They just bring themselves exactly. and and their and their kit. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. More like a prop comic than a yeah. Fair enough. Once a carrot tops went around beating <laughs> each other in the head. <laughs> that yeah. guy has become very buff. Yeah, he could uh, he could start tomorrow. He, right, and then and still still a ginger. So there could be a thim. Oh, <laughs> yay! A ginger. Okay, so. Ever since Ron Weasley, we all know. So Kenny Omega, how mm-hmm. is Kenny Omega relatively new? Kenny Omega is new to, to national recognition, but he's been wrestling, you know, 10, 12 years. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's his, what, what is his persona? Um, his persona, that's interesting. Um, so he's, he wrestles primarily in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, which is the WWE of Japan, but he's, okay. he's Canadian. He's Canadian. He's Canadian, yeah. He wrestles in Japan primarily. Because New Japan Pro Wrestling has uh, relationships with a lot of the independent promotions in in America. And so a lot of guys, if if they're popular enough and good enough, they'll go work over there. Uh, And he became so over over there that that's primarily where he works out of. Okay, yeah. and this is not sumo wrestling, which is, is a real sport. Yeah, this is not that. But in, in Japan, even pro wrestling is treated more like a real sport. Okay. Um, the, the belief in it is still kept at a really high level, where in, in the States, they kind of threw that away. Right. Yeah. They're like, no, we're writing this. Well, you, the reason that they did that, though, was to get around like these athletic commissions. They used to have to pay athletic commissions oh, okay. in, in every place. 
Right. And to get around that, they just said, no, this is This is theater. Yeah, okay. they admitted it. Oh, basically. fair enough. Yeah. It was like, let's save some fees. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, um, so Kenny Omega, like how old is he? 30s? Um, I would say he's probably 30, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just 30? Probably just 30. Or, okay. And um, Maybe a little older, but... Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. What's his real name? Do we know? I don't know his real name. Well, he's got a mysterious background. He does. Well, I just haven't Wikipedia'd him yet. <laughs> I haven't looked him up. Uh, and how does he dress? Uh, he has uh, this kind of old school '90s mullet thing oh. that I really, I really dig on him. He's got this like curly, thick mullet Brownish situation. Or? It's lighter. It's okay, lighter. like it's a almost blonde. white. I think he, I think he's like platinum. Oh, okay. He does the platinum thing? Sure. Yeah. Frosting his tips. Mm-hmm. He might, might I think, bring it. I think that's he might actually. accurate. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the reintroduction of the mullet is, uh, I got mixed feelings. Well, in wrestling, it never left. Oh, it never left. Never left. Well, good for them. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Okay, now we have, we have only a couple of minutes left. Sure. So, so go deep, as deep as you want, into this Kenny Omega business. Why Omega, do you think? Uh, he just puts on the best matches, uh, maybe in the world. Oh. Um, just the, like the, it's the, it's like we were talking about with Shawn Michaels, where you have this mixture of the technical ability and then the emotional gravitas brought into it and the charisma. And he kind of puts it all together. And he's just really on the vanguard of like progressives in that, in that landscape. Um, he just got reunited with his old partner, Kota Ibushi, who's a Japanese wrestler they used to have a tag team with. Okay. And uh, their tag team is called the Golden Lovers. And it's very, um, it, it very much, they're presented like a couple. Okay. Yeah, like not like, you know, not in a way where they make it part of the storyline. Okay. But the way that they are, you know, the way that they are coupled together. It's very okay. much. Okay, so their rom- partnership it's, it's, it's is a, very a, much There's a romance a, to it. Oh, there's a romance to it. But yeah. they are not married in the, in the story. No. Okay. Interesting. And so now he's doing also some some duo matches. Uh, they I don't know if they've done any uh, if they've done any tag team stuff or maybe he does tag or team. Or maybe stuff they're all just the showing it, up at the talk shows together. Uh, well, they just had a big reunion kind of event happen where like uh, some guys in the Bullet Club uh, turned on Kenny Omega in the same way that Shawn Michaels turned on Marty Jannetty, mm-hmm. and um, Kota Ibushi came down to make the save. Okay. And um, there was a lot of tension in this moment where Kenny Omega's beaten down and Kota Ibushi trying to help him up. And they're having this moment like, are they, are they, are they, are they back together? Are they, are they, are they, are they? And there's all this. And then uh, Kota uh, Ibushi goes to hug him. And Kenny Omega kind of pushes him away like, no, I don't want your, your help. Oh. And it happens like once or twice. And then um, Kenny goes to walk out of the ring and Kota grabs him. And they just embrace, and they shoot uh, all these red streamers into the air. <laughs> like, yes, it was red incredible, and, and this this wave of emotion moved through everyone. It was amazing. So, I mean, that's it, really, is that it generates a great deal of emotion. And if it doesn't, then it's not doing the right things. It's not, and that's you know, when it's when it's bad, that's how you know it's bad because nobody feels anything. Right, you don't really care. Right, right, and so you're like the acting. So all of these people could act. Yes. I mean, because they're clearly acting. Yes, they are. And uh, Acting is definitely part of the job. Like, they call wrestlers workers and call somebody a good worker or a bad worker. And 
When you it's say a whole somebody's other a, language, yeah, it is. And Very when you say much. somebody's a good worker, it's not about if they know the moves. It's about if they're working the crowd properly. Okay. If they're working the crowd properly, then people are emotionally invested in the match one way or another. This feels, it, you know what, there's part of me that's rejected this, this wrestling thing my whole life because I was essentially raised to be a carny. Mm-hmm. This, is and all, this is pure carny it's business. It's a lot of carny, yeah. like you're, 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 these are marks. Yes. But the thing is, is what they did from the sound of it about 15 years ago was they took the veil off. Right. And they said, and, and the audience is like, Yes, we are marks. Yeah, we are. Play us like a violin. We're called smart marks. Okay. Or smarks for short. Is anyone really using the word smarks? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) I thought you just made that up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Interesting. Okay. Um, So, so Kenny Omega, do you go to live shows ever? I go to live shows a lot or whenever I can. Right. Because you live in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they have live WWE. They have live WWE, and they have some of the best independent wrestling in the world in Los Angeles as well. And are they, are they in just sort of bars? Are they sort of... The independent? Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's actually an independent company called Bar Wrestling. Okay. They literally wrestle in bars. Okay. And so um, they set up small rings. Yeah. And do they always set up a ring, or is it like stand-up where all of a sudden it's guerrilla wrestling in a corner? Oh, no. Uh, you got to set up a ring. Yeah, um, there should be a ring. Uh, there, there was something that happened in Japan where somebody did like a Royal Rumble on a train. Okay. And so basically the way a Royal Rumble works is there's a battle royal, but people kind of come in every 90 seconds or so to the match. So they did one on a train where people are wrestling, and then like every stop, another guy gets on <laughs> and joins the match. <laughs> So that was that was so I, you can't do wrestling without a ring, but typically there's a ring. Oh my God, Mike Eagle, uh, open Mike Eagle, you guys. Uh, this has been amazing. What I have to say is that we have to wrap it up because there's uh, there's more show and there's more panels. There's a panel in about an hour that I'm doing uh, with uh, uh, amazing um, women. Uh, it's called Women Who Work. Yeah, Women at Work. Yeah, Women at Work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you could come to that. Anyway, uh, but it, what you should know is that we have been talking about wrestling. That has been the <laughs> dorkdom. The dorkdom has been wrestling, and I've been with Open Mike Eagle. And Open Mike Eagle has uh, an album. His, your current album is uh, Brick Body Kids Still Daydream. Yep. Will it be? Is it available in the guest? Um, you Did know, you bring any? I have some product there, but I haven't actually laid eyes on it yet. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to uh, say what it is. Might be that. Might be that. Might be something else. I don't know. You don't know. And it turns out in just uh, two few days, you will have the internet again, so you'll be able to do it. Tights and Fights is his uh, weekly podcast about uh, wrestling, and you could follow him at Mike underscore Eagle. So thank you so much for coming to a live one, one episode. More, one oh, more yeah. thing. For any wrestling fans listening, I'm going to be doing a show at WrestleMania this That's year, right. the weekend of WrestleMania in the town where WrestleMania is being held. It's in New Orleans. I think it's that Friday night because people typically stay the whole week yeah. now. Uh, so if you're there in New Orleans Friday uh, at, at a place called One-Eyed Jacks, I'm doing a show called Matt Mania. Matt Mania. Um, a wrestling-themed rap show. Wrestling theme rap show in New Orleans mm-hmm. in March. It is uh, right. It's I think the first weekend of April. WrestleMania first, weekend. A wrestle whatever WrestleMania you will know. Yeah. In your hearts, what that is, and I forgot to. to pl- that's great. And then, um, and if you don't know about the Dork Forest, uh, it's just at dorkforest.com, and it's on all the things that people get uh, podcasts on, and now on YouTube. Ooh. So you can look at a slug while you listen to an hour long podcast. 
Because it's just a picture. It be a picture of Mike, a picture of the logo. For an hour. Or you could download it like a person. Onto your device. <laughs> it's so weird to me that people listen to it on YouTube. But, uh, but, but, but of course, listen to it however the fuck you want. Uh, the rules with uh, the Dork Forest as, uh, as I leave, as I like to say this, uh, remember uh, the rules out there, Rangers. Uh, take care of each other. Good night. Thank you. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?